Hey, what's good, Jazz fans? Welcome to part two of the 2023 NBA Draft live stream here on Jabber Jazz. In part one, Josh and I reacted to all of the picks and talked strategy about how the draft would unfold up until the midway through the first round. And now it's time to get to our reactions to the Jazz's second pick of the night and take you throughout the end of the first round. So without further ado, let's Jabber Jazz. Okay, so yeah, I'm. Uh, it, it looks like the pick is in for Utah. Commissioner should be coming anytime soon. I'm going with Keontae George as my guess for who the Jazz are selecting. Um, I, I feel like I'm kind of staying the composed uh, Jazz yeah, you... fan who's none the wiser. I'll just wait till the pick comes, find out. I trust the front office, and you're you're the guy who's on top of every single rumor and and report and is just like oh fetch are you kidding me <laughs> and these are just their knee-jerk reactions right i mean we're gonna cheer Wait, a lot of it guys. right now we're is gonna just cheer yeah, who do we Hendrix like and yeah and this this guy and we're gonna hope for the absolute best we're gonna get behind him and i mean i really hope that they turn into something special and they make this front office look smart but up yeah. to this point it's i don't know how the front office could look smart this is chalk for the front office they haven't made any bold aggressive moves trades they haven't necessarily made any picks that we weren't expecting and so it's just like yeah i mean i don't know i'm not i'm pretty underwhelmed honestly like my initial impression just today yeah. is i'm pretty disappointed but yeah, it's totally chalk outside of whitmore and if the jazz don't go with whitmore here with their pick then curious to see how far he slides but like, if he's getting into the late teens, early 20s, I would absolutely throw the 28 pick and the Lakers first. I'm throwing that all day at every single team who's at here in the uh, late first, early, um, or, yeah. I, I, if the Jazz don't go here at 16, I'm throwing that 28 and the Lakers first in 2027. I'm throwing that at every single team I can while, while Cam's available. Oh man, I feel absolutely dreadful for Cam right now. I do not. What's going on? One week ago, this dude is being talked about to Houston at four. People are thinking, hey, maybe Houston would prefer Cam Whitmore, especially if Harden comes. And now he's still on the board at 16. So Jake Fisher just tweeted out. Adam, another note on the Jazz. Utah has been conducting plenty of trade calls about the number 28 pick. That was one of the buzzier topics around the league yeah. as this afternoon turned into this evening. Being told trade will depend on who's still on the board for the Jazz. Let me see. What was the, the tweet before that about it? Okay. Oh, he's just announcing. That's who I saw. Jake Fisher was the one that announced the pick, which I was Dude, not expecting. Everybody's announcing picks now. Some, Holy crap. Chris Haynes announces and... picks. Jake Fisher's announcing picks. Yeah. Shams, Woj. Holy cow. 
Jeez. <laughs> you pretty much have to completely stay off of Twitter if you don't want to be surprised. Holy mackerel. Yeah, and it's just like, like do you I'm, even have uh do you even have um like alerts for all those guys at this time? I here? don't. No, I'm just going down my thread here cuz I'm trying That's to keep insane. track of like Tony and Andy and Jazz stuff and some yeah. trades here, but I follow those guys obviously. I didn't block or mute them cuz but anyway, yeah, I I like, generally only have uh alerts on for shams and woge and until it's like uh off season or trade deadline i turn on tony for sure yeah oh man i mean i'm seeing a lot of jazz fans are super disappointed like me like again i think taylor Hendricks is right right where people were expecting him to go to the jazz this next yeah. pick as well is it's just chalk like this is who the Jazz were expected to pick in these ranges, but it's just yeah. like Cam falling is just—I don't know. I'm, it's yeah, a massive point, opportunity that a week ago you would have been stoked for, and at some point, I still think it's an opportunity you gotta hop on. I think 16 right here is is balances perfectly the the risk and reward, in my opinion. I don't know all the details, and so the Jazz going That's with someone else. We've got to wait for. Yeah, it's gotta be something comes out where we're like, we're just sad for Cam, and it makes sense now that everybody passed on him. Like, I'm almost wondering, like, if he goes undrafted at this point, because I'm or I'm trying to think. Have you have we ever seen a slide like this? Like, a guy that could have gone three or four is literally slid out of the lottery. I can't think of anybody in history that's ever had a slide like this. So yeah. it's like it has to be with – did you see the pick there? Yeah, Keontae George. Okay, so I guess pretty right. Um, yeah, the Jazz have been rumored interest in Keontae. Um, I didn't love Keontae early in the year. Started coming around. Um, he's got a lot of really, really impressive, impressive skills and some incredible pedigree too. Hurt throughout the year, which kind of affected, I think, some of his uh, – consistency and performance on that team usa team as they're showing here on the uh, the broadcast with grady dick and others um it, it's it's a good pick it's a really good pick at 16 um given that this was a was a chalk draft i think if you had told me Keontae was available at 16 that's who the jazz were going after i i would have been all on board at this point just given that cam has slid it's it's sad that uh, the front office has that little confidence in in Cam. Um, yeah, and I feel absolutely terrible for him. Wrong. The dude is freaking in the green room, watching all these people who he's been better than for years, all throughout high school, college. He's been better than a lot of these players, and he's not getting drafted. And his agent telling him it's like teams are scared to death of you, dude. Oh my gosh. The one thing I do like about Keontae is I think defensively he's he's actually pretty good. People don't talk about Keontae's defense enough. And the one nice thing about this pick, excuse me, here for the Jazz is Keontae absolutely has star potential. Like the, the yeah. comp that I've had for Keontae is Bradley Bill. Um, and but I mean the big the big problem that I think Keontae's gonna have early in his career like Donovan did is like he's just a chucker. He's not a good decision maker. Like he gets um really bad tunnel vision and he just chucks and chucks and yeah. shoots. 
And so I think there's a lot of potential to be plumbed there, though. Like I said, there's some star potential. There's some, like, bucket getter potential there. But he's got a lot of work in, in some other areas as well. Decision-making, playmaking. Yeah. An intriguing part of how that kind of came about with Donovan was by necessity. We were a good team. We wanted to be good. We had a star already in Rudy Gobert. We had surrounded a team with veterans to help Gordon Hayward, and then all of a sudden he's gone, and Donovan Mitchell's kind of the only one who can create. Um, so I hope that that's that Keontae doesn't feel the same type of pressure that Donovan did, and um, and that uh, he can approach things from the right from the right way that's best scalable long term. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, just because um, we've already got Laurie kind of established as our, our best player right now. Yeah. And I think Colin Sexton is very capable as um, a scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a little bit maybe of redundancy here with Sexton and Keontae. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Tony just tweeted out that the Jazz see Keontae as being a point guard in the future. Okay. okay. And so that's going to be an interesting development to see if he does, if that's yeah. kind of where they slot him, how he fits with Colin. But I don't think there's nearly the pressure because um, Hayward was leaving. Basically, Blari is our Hayward. He's still here, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and Rodney Hood was kind of supposed to take the next leap and not Donovan. Yeah. And that didn't work out. And so Donovan really had to step up there and made the most of it. So. I think it's a little bit different situation here for Keontae. I think they can really kind of ease him in. Yeah, yeah, excellent points, excellent points. Um, Yeah, I do think George has star potential, Uh, not as much as as a lot of players here, and I think that there's a bit of a lower floor because of that chucker mentality. Like there's a path to where he just – he never gets to be, uh, you know, an above-average efficiency shooter, and he does it on a lot of volume. Um, like there's a Jalen Green path kind of thing, which, you know, I think our culture is a lot better. And so I wouldn't bet on that at all. Um, I think it's a lot more likely that he ends up, you know, getting to some average efficiency and can rein some of that stuff in. But um, I think it's uh, at, at 16 in a vacuum. It's a really, really good pick. In previous yeah. years, I probably would have been like, oh, there goes Dennis Lindsay's weakness a Baylor guy (laughs) yeah (laughs) but fortunately we got some non-Baylor people at the helm so I don't have to worry about it yeah interesting so now we've got the Lakers up at 17 sorry I don't mean to cut you off Adam here so Kevin O'Connor just tweeted out bright future for the Jazz so he basically has Keontae George slotted as a guard Ochai Mm -hmm. Ogbaji as a guard you got Larry Markinen as your forward Taylor Hendricks as your forward Walker Kessler as your center I mean looking at it in that sense like yeah that's that's nice that's not bad at all there I mean granted I doubt that that Ochai and Keontae are the two starting guards for our team especially with Chris Dunn and with Colin Sexton like we talked about um I don't know if Taylor Hendricks is in the starting lineup with Kelly Olynyk, and so um, this will be yeah. interesting to see. But yeah, I would bet on on start uh, on opening night. It's Colin Sexton at the one, Abaji at the two, 
Laurie Markinen, Olinick, Kessler. That's your starting Agreed. lineup. And yeah, then your first three off the bench are probably Dunn, Keontae, and Taylor Hendricks. Granted, that's if, if Clarkson's gone, right? I, yeah, yeah, great, you're great point. Fantastic You're point, absolutely yeah. right. Um, if Clark, Clarkson's going to be the first guy off the bench if he's still here, or yeah. he might even be starting. I mean, Oach might still be coming off the bench if we're going to re-sign JC. That's going to yeah. be fascinating to see what we do there. But, yeah, I, yeah, other than that, I completely agree. That's what's Yeah, because supposedly like. the Jazz are extremely, extremely high on Oshai, and they gave Dunn – it's an unguaranteed contract, but they clearly liked him more than enough to want him around to see if he could do some of the stuff he did last year. And I think ideally they want that in a backup point guard. They have uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, who I think is opting in, and they just drafted a guard. That's all. And Colin Sexton, they obviously like enough. That's a lot of guards who expect to have some minutes. How those kind of get allocated will be really, really fascinating. Also, to your point, with the, the trade rumors we've had recently that the Jazz have been having conversations about trading Colin Sexton will be yeah. interesting to see. Yeah. I mean, granted, <coughs> Colin wasn't the primary point in that trade. Larry and the picks were, and Colin kind of just came with that in yeah. there. But mm-hmm. I would be a little bit sad because um, I think Colin really embraced it and was happy to kind of get a fresh start like Larry did here. I'd be kind of sad yeah, if we moved on from him after one year. But – I don't know. I mean, again, it's the same thing kind of going back to the Hawks picking Kobe Bufkin. Like, what is this saying that Dewante Murray is available in a trade with the Keontae pick? Does this mean that Colin Sexton is more likely to go? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I like this yeah. pick for the Lakers. Yeah, Jalen hood Shafino. Yeah, this is, a, this is a good pick. I, I like it for the Lakers, too. Um, I think they were clearly disappointed with with um, Russell, D'Angelo Russell last year. Um, he is a, a lot of money coming off, and I think this gives them a good opportunity, if they want it, to not bring him back, and I don't think they want to bring him back. I think they'd rather take a shot at bringing in uh, uh, Kyrie Irving, see if they can poach him from from uh, Dallas. Yeah, if not... I think you can play backup point guard right now, and you probably just have Reeves and LeBron do a lot of the ball handling. I think they're going to match anything for Reeves, frankly. And then, uh, you know, try to just get another veteran minimum that they can slot into the starting lineup. Absolutely. Yeah. And the nice thing is, yeah, if they do somehow land Kyrie, which I doubt it, I don't know how they're going to do that. But yeah, if they did, the night. Nice- um, Jalen Huchifino is a lot like Anthony Black in the sense that it's like he can play off of Kyrie. Um, he's a bigger defensive responsibility where he's maybe not ready to run a team or to be kind of a primary go-to scorer. And so I think great pick for the Lakers. It's a really good fit. Um, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is, it is intriguing because they need, desperately need contributors on rookie contracts. Um, it is the type of thing where I don't know that Ham is traditionally wired um, with a LeBron and Anthony Davis-led roster to prioritize a lot of time for In development. Um, yeah, yeah, for development. But I, I think that he could contribute right away. What one of the things I love most about him is uh, he punishes 
drop defenses. You know, with how so he my question for you start stop ability to pull up in the mid range. Yeah. So I'm looking at the board here now and how this has fallen. Like this might be really debated topic in the in the coming years. Like these three all went back to back: Buffkin, George, and Hood Shafino. Mm, yeah. And I would bet against the field, or I'd bet the field against the Jazz in the sense that does Keontae George end up being the better of the three guys, or have, should the Jazz have moved up one spot to get Buffkin, or should they have picked JHS instead of Keontae George? I wonder. I wonder how this is going to pan out because I think this has very interesting with these three guards in this in the spot here. Yeah, what, I, are, you, I, what I, are your feelings? Who would, I would you agree. have preferred of these three for the Jazz? Uh, I technically have Hood Shafino ranked one spot ahead Buffkin, and then I have Keontae three spots behind uh, Buffkin. So I have Hood Shafino 11, Buffkin 12, and Keontae George at 15. So you would have I, preferred the Jazz to make this selection with well, their get, pick? Given that we got Hendricks at 9, I probably would have preferred George or Buffkin. I think we need more self-creation because okay. of who we got with Hendricks. I think Hood Shafina would have been perfect if you got Cam or you got Jairus Walker. But uh, given that Hendricks doesn't have much creation ability, uh, I would have gone with Buffkin or George. Probably would have gone Buffkin per my board. I agree that that Buffkin and Hood Shafino out of those those two are more likely to uh, be bet. One of those two is more likely to be better than George if we had to bet, like you said, against the field. The path for George to be better than those two is is by becoming an all star. I think by and I think Keontae probably 40, he probably has the player. highest ceiling of these three, but I mean, is he going to reach that though? Like, yeah, are we going to look back and really regret not taking Jalen Hood Shafino? Does Buskin end up having the better career? We'll see. Oh, they're showing Cam here on yeah, the so, if the yeah, so we'll take just... Cam. Oh my god! Yeah, so it talks about how Woj was saying that in the. Uh... Well, I'll let you get through it really quick. So I didn't with, hear anything there about medicals. It's just that they didn't like his workouts. Right. Yeah. So still nothing about the medicals. That that's what we're wondering. Um, continue to reiterate that the pro days were spectacular. Everybody loved them. The workouts and interviews weren't as great. One thing that um, I can't remember who said, but that Cam is just a naturally quiet, reserved person. And again, like the fourth youngest player in the draft, he's probably not going to just pontificate and be super eloquent and engaging and charismatic in interviews. That doesn't mean anything. Kawhi is probably the most robotic person ever. And he literally... Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Keep going, Adam. Yeah, so that's that's I I just that's not something for me that is you know being quiet and being kind of reserved and not being charismatic. That's just not something in my opinion that, especially when you see the tenacity and the vigor with which he plays, like just throw that to the side. Um, yeah, you, you wanted to go on a little rant here. Be my no, guess, I 100% agree with you. I was like, of all have off court issues in the NBA, we could go down the list. Even like Zion, Harden. 
like yeah. of guys that are actually legitimate stars. And then, I mean, yeah, you you see guys like Alec Burks was not very eloquent. He didn't come across as like a high IQ guy in interviews and things like that. But I don't know, man. If that's the reason, like, I'm going to be even more upset at the Jazz if this is like – this is getting beyond ridiculous at this point. Somebody is just going to basically being gifted um, a player with incredible potential in my, like insane athlete can create for himself. He can shoot the three. Like he's explosive. Like I think he has a, I think it's not talked about enough how much potential cam has on the other end. There were certain games where I was seeing him switch one through five. Like I feel like his motor is pretty high. Like, and if they're not medical concerns, like, this is like getting to fireable offense level stuff, like for general managers, in my opinion. But um, let me go grab a charger really quick. I'll be right back. Alrighty. So, so Jaime Hawkins Jr. goes quite a bit earlier than I would have thought. We were hearing that he was really impressing. He is. He was just kind of dominating. Uh, you know, workouts. Uh, Four-year college player out of UCLA. This is totally a Miami pick right here. A total Miami pick right here. Jaime Hawkins Jr. Uh, he's going to fit so well around Bam, around Caleb Martin, around Jimmy Butler, and around um, all, all their guys over there. I think he's a super heat culture guy. I think Eric Spolsch is going to love it. This one makes a lot of sense, I think, for Miami. Again, a little bit early than I would have projected or imagined but uh yeah he's the first pac-12 player of the year at ucla since kevin love in 2008 so that's some pretty incredible stuff so josh as you get back in here once you get a second you can see who the miami heat went with so looking at the board here um, and kind of thinking who might be ideal for Golden State, that's an interesting one. Um, they traded for Chris Paul, which is uh, intriguing. They, you know, they landed Chris Paul from Washington, so that's a, an interesting one. Curious to see who Josh might think for the Golden State Warriors. So Jaime Hawkins Jr. to Miami there, Josh. That's an intriguing one. We I'm know that he had been impressing. <laughs> Say again. I said I'm getting hot again. Like after like running up there and thinking about this, seeing the guys are getting picked and can sliding like for no good reason. Like I thought that they would at least come out and say it's medicals or something. They're yeah. not, and he's yeah. just sitting there. Like what? I'm I'm getting really upset. But sorry to your point with um this is a little bit surprising. I'm super high on Jaime. I love him to death. Um, I thought that he should have come out last year with his teammate who the Jazz. Oh, yeah. Um, who the Jazz drafted last year. I, I feel like Jaime's always been better than – I'm blanking on it right now, on his name. Oh, and I should yeah, know because yeah, he, I, he plays for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. He's been in our G League team, and, you know, he was there towards the end of the year as well. I uh, can't, can't quite remember. McCain! Um, Anyway, yeah, I'm brain farting, which I loved them both. They were kind of favorites for me the last couple of years in the to go to the Final Four um, because of how deep their team was. But I worry yeah. about Jaime a little bit um, for the same reason that – oh, Johnny Juzang, that's who it is. Johnny for, Juzang, boom. Reason yep. is, neither one of them are very good athletes. They both are um, 
really good at, at creating for themselves, I feel like, but I don't know if they're NBA level players. Like, hmm. um, do you think really show anything in limited time that he had here? I don't know if he really had great showing in the G league either, but Jaime, I think is a little bit better player. Um, but they kind of have similar strengths and weaknesses. Again, they're longer, they can defend, they can score, but they're, they're just like really below average athletes. And so I wonder about that. Yeah, that is going to be interesting. I I think that this is the perfect team for him. I think he's going to mesh because I think his IQ is, is really high. I think he's going to mesh really well with Eric Spolstra, his motor and his activity level on both ends, I think is going to mesh culture wise with that organization. So this is probably one of the better landing spots for him to achieve his potential and kind of uh, really impact the team positively. I agree. But again, my question is why would you not take Cam Whitmore? Like why is Miami not here? Like, I mean, that's another kind of comparison that people have made to Cam is Jimmy Butler. So it's just like, I have well, no here's a here's here. an interesting comment from McCade in the chat. He says, "I don't know if Cam even falls this far with an obvious torn ACL." Yeah, he just so you know you he know he tore his ACL in you know like two days before the draft. Say he still wouldn't even be falling this far. That's insane. Yeah, so it's like what what is going on? I am at a complete loss. I'm confused. I'm angry. Like I don't. Yeah. Like, is he going to slide all the way to 28 and we're going to pass on him three times? I'm, I might have to cancel the live stream at that point. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> like, wow. this is ridiculous. I yeah. Like, first there, I was cooling off because it's like, it's got to be heart issue. It's got to be medical. It's like, there's got to be a legitimate reason. Like, And then after that Woj interview, like, I am upset again just like when we passed on him at nine and we pass on him at 16 now everybody's passing on him though that's yeah. what i'm saying it's not just our front office like everybody's passing on cam i wonder if brooklyn has they've got an mo and i think cam fits that mo i think they have no reason to be bad and they have the opportunity to go with that high swing of a player I wonder, and they got two back-to-back picks there. I wonder if 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 that might be his floor. But again, I thought Atlanta, I thought he wouldn't get past Atlanta. So he should be, yeah. His floor should be long gone at this point. Like we've passed his floor a bajillion times, especially. I mean, a lot of people were saying that like his floor was the Jazz, and I, yeah. we thought that that was absurd. Like that Cam's going to slide to nine. I was like, yeah. there ain't no right. way in heck that Cam's sliding to nine. And so, anyway, um, Golden State's picks in here. And then Brooklyn. Okay, we got Houston, and then Brooklyn's got two picks. This is a a Warriors pick for sure. Except it doesn't make any sense after they just traded for Chris Paul. And so it's just like now (laughs) they have three point guards. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think think they kind of envision Pajemski being kind of in that um, that, – Oh, what's his name? Um, Villanova guy who who's the Dante DiVincenzo. Yeah, Dante DiVincenzo. I think they envision him kind of occupying that role because Dante had a good year last year. I wonder if you know he uh, he looks to kind of move on and and you know get a better contract. I also think that Chris Paul deal. I think most of that is to address long term money and tax issues. Um, that's that's I, probably true. 
outside of this year, there's yeah. probably that's probably more of what it is. But yeah, that I think that is a very Warriorsy pick right there. Yeah, I love Pods. Like, I feel like he's going to be a much better version of Dante Divincenzo. Like, better playmaker, better passer, better shooter. Like, just yeah. overall player. And so that's a good upgrade there for them. Like, yeah. he he probably has like some of the best feel. Like, I wasn't huge on the Pods like bandwagon until I watched the combine. Yeah. And for me, he was like by far and away the best player that I saw there. Like easily. Yeah. Like he's the only guy that really jumped out, like, oh yeah, this is an NBA player right here. Like he's in control of himself. He's shooting the ball. Like he looks really confident in like in the in the environment that he was in. And so And every really workout I, you just heard that teams were raving about him. Yeah. He's kind of like the the Jaime Hawkins type of guy where he's just He's just a sound player. He makes winning plays. He's a smart dude. Like these are the kind of guy that you want to have on your team. Yeah, and let's see. I think he's only I think he's only twenty one, so he's you know, he's you know, still got a bit of runway to I uh, know, he's only twenty years old. Twenty years old, six four, six six wingspan. Yeah, that's uh that's an interesting one for sure. Um so you got so you guys sense the who you had at eleven has slid. Uh, I also think that he might be a Brooklyn Nets guy. Um, and you have City Sissoko, Gigi Jackson. I also had Gigi Jackson. Um, Dariq Whitehead, I think, is is as elite a shooter as Hawkins and Dick. Um, I I think that he should he should be gobbled up by somebody because um, I I think he's just as good a shooter. But then you've got all of that potential that he showed at Mont- Montverde Academy that I think you can you can probably bet on given his age and that he kind of started the year slow with an injury. Uh, Duke was you know super full of talent, couldn't really show much. I think immediately he's A.J. Griffin, and long-term he could uh, be a really good player. I'm 100% in agreement with you about Dariq. I love Dariq. It's- um, some people were tweeting and saying that this does not bode well for Dariq. The people that are sliding are going to push him farther down the board. That bodes well That's for possible. the Jazz if they yeah. stay at 28, which I think would be phenomenal value mm-hmm. if they could get Dariq at 28. Because at one point, I mean, we were saying I was thinking Dariq's not even going to make it to 16 earlier in the year. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, if they could get him at 28 and Gigi. I mean, we were talking about, like – drafting Gigi at nine and like this kind of fall makes way more like the cam type of fall makes way more sense for Gigi with all the stuff that we've come out like yeah I had not heard anything about this like people were saying that Gigi like legit like just stopped in workouts he was so out of shape he was too tired that he kind of just quit on the workouts and I was like yeah that's a huge red flag I can see why Gigi's dropping but none of this stuff came out about cam like he looks like he's in phenomenal shape like at I mean, a ton of the highlights looked like he'd just been ripping rims off of backboards. Like, he <laughs> yeah. was just, like, flying. I am so upset with this next pick. <laughs> I am so, so upset. But Okay. Interesting. Um, Dorit, can you – but back to the point, like, I couldn't even imagine, like, three months ago I was talking – in this position about Derek and Gigi being available at 28 is pretty insane to me. Yeah, that is insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, uh, if Gigi's there at 28, you scooping him up. If Derek is gone at 100%, like 
Yeah. And I'll be pissed if they don't because at this point they passed on Cam twice. And so it's like that's the next best, in my opinion, in terms of like that position and the potential that's there in terms of being like a number one, number two option, which I kind of envision Cam becoming yes. like in, at his ceiling. Same thing kind of with Gigi. Other people have made awesome points about um, why would you not take a risk on Gigi despite all the red flags because – um, he's likely would have been a top five pick next year. So if you can draft – and the Jazz don't have a pick next year and so likely don't have one um, based on reports. And so why would you not take a top five pick in next year's draft at 28 in this draft? Like that's like a no-brainer to me. And so essentially yeah. you're kind of covering your butt, covering your basis there with having that pick convey, although I don't necessarily agree with a lot of reports that are coming out that the Jazz are not going to be bottom 10, especially if these picks, like they better – be going ham in the offseason going after like Luca or somebody big time because at this point it's just like Taylor Hendricks and Keontae George they could and phenomenal picks but they're not going to move the needle for two or three years so I don't really buy the whole the Jazz are not sending a message that to this point that they're not going to be a bottom 10 team with what's gone down let me let me float this conspiracy (laughs) theory out to you the odds that you get that number one guy who's an all-star, all-NBA talent in a draft, it's low. It's frankly low. Is, is there a school of thought that maybe the Jazz are subscribing to right now where, hey, we get surefire guys who in their first two years you know, might be going top 10 in, in redrafts, look like really good role players, maybe even are flashing that type of potential. Like Walker Kessler. To, to outside, you know, viewers, and that that makes a trade for a Luca or some of these guys, Jalen Brown, makes it more likely that you can actually swing that deal and not literally tr- your only offer is seven picks. I wonder if that might be some of the school's thought they're subscribing to. Maybe because I mean the Mavs were rumored to really like Taylor Hendricks and want to take him, right? Yeah. But the Jazz took him, and so maybe yeah, that's an added. Uh, that's something that they really okay. Here's this pick. Are you ready, Adam? Oh, oh my Cam, gosh, man! I can. I'm the rich so are upset. getting richer. They Holy got cow! Amen Thompson, Amen Thompson, and Cam Whitmore. Houston got. Both of those guys. To pair with, get ready for this, Jalen freaking Green and Jabari Smith Jr. These guys are going to be off the charts athletically. Like So the Rockets just got They're going to have to switch out players. their Yeah, they're going to have to switch out their their freaking mascot from that like white bear thing to the freaking Energizer bunny. That's I who, hate that's who their new mascot's going to be. <laughs> I hate the Jazz. This is so infuriating. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. What oh. is going on here? I mean, That's it's insane. one thing That's for wild. the guys that have been getting picked, but they were literally there for the taking. He slid past oh, both man. of our picks. Dude, I would have, yeah, like I said, I would have been throwing 28, the Lakers first, and even been willing to take on like a, a contract from Lakers, Miami, Golden State. I would I would have floated those offers out there absolutely easily. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah. Well, 
I'm happy for Cam because, frankly, I like even if it's quote justified or like understandable, understandable, the dude d- doesn't deserve to be sitting in that green room, um, seeing all these guys get picked that he knows he's better than, and and frankly for reasons that are unclear and and, and poorly represented to the public. Man, I, I'm I'm glad that Cam's off the board. From the standpoint of he doesn't deserve to be there in the freaking late first round. Man, crazy stuff. I cannot believe this, Adam. So, the guy that we wanted off the board now, there are eight picks, or seven picks remaining until the Jazz select to, you know, kind of start wrapping up the first round. Uh, Sensabaugh's still on the board. I I think he's a, a big uh, option for the Nets with one of these next two picks. Um, but Whitehead, Miller's available. Nick Smith Jr. Okay, this is one. This is actually a non-chalk. Okay? I know some mocks have started pushing Nick Smith down. I know you and I each have Nick Smith Jr. quite a bit lower on our boards as well. But this this is pretty interesting that he's still available at twenty one. I don't think he fits with the Jazz. But where where are you kind of eyeing Nick Smith? I I don't know to be honest with you, Adam. Like I have fallen on Nick a ton. I mean, people could potentially be looking at this pick just like the Whitmore pick. Like yeah. they could just be. Um, hitting a gold mine with him at this this late in the draft, be, be getting fantastic value. I think the odds at this point of somebody hitting and getting a home run this late in the draft is pretty high. If you've got Cam, yeah. you've got Bryce, you've got Nick Smith Jr., you've got Gigi Jackson, like I think somebody's going to hit a home run at this point, which in my opinion is very, very unique and rare yeah. because a typical – most people don't see it coming. Like I – I'd almost pull a Charles Barkley like I can almost guarantee it at this point like somebody in the 20s <laughs> is going to hit a home run with these guys yeah but with Nick I think that Nick needs to be paired with somebody like he already was in college to have success I think he needs to have some support um maybe Brooklyn is a really good fit for him right next to Mikel Bridges where he's just elite def- defensive guard and can kind of um hide some of his defense make up for them there um nick like derek i wonder if he kind of really um, gets healthy there's a lot of people yeah um but i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen with nick i've i've fallen on him quite a bit yeah listening to to what you're saying here and looking at the board i i don't know how he gets selected in the first, uh, I don't know if he slips by Brooklyn. I don't know how he gets selected until the Clippers at thirty. Portland, That's true. I mean, plethora I'm... of guards. Sacramento, no, no way they're touching another guard with all the ones that they got. Uh, Boston, they just traded up, and I think that they're going after some of those typical Brad Stevens type of guys: Andre Jackson Jr., Colby Jones, Julian Strother. I think. And then Indiana, I think that uh, they could go any direction they want, but I think they're probably going to go with a safer pick 
than yeah. The I mean, Knicks Charlotte men. maybe, maybe Charlotte. Um, just because I mean they were in debating about taking Scoot, taking another yeah. guard to put next yeah. to Melo, and so maybe maybe the Jazz take him. I don't. I'm not sure. Yeah, let's go with this. Let's say Charlotte, you get Nick Smith Jr. Trade us Lamelo Ball. Everyone's <laughs> happy. Perfect. Yeah, there we go. I can go go to bed tonight happy that the Jazz did something. <laughs> Oh man. Um, yeah, yeah. So so still no no movement as far as as we can tell from the uh from the Jazz or any any rumors about them trading 28, yeah. Um White is the grave. Yeah. I haven't seen anything here. Let's see. At this point Sensabaugh, Whitehead, Lewis, Miller, <laughs> that's Smith. Probably, that's going to be the thing that salvages this draft for me, is if I get my darling out of this, if I get Bryce Sensabaugh yeah, at 28. But there ain't no way. Jazz of 100% are going to go three for three on disappointing picks with 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 me here. But okay. sorry to your point, so you're kind of going down the list here. There's so many good picks, though, that I would be happy with. I would be. Yeah. I would love Leonard Miller at 28. I'd love Dariq Whitehead at 28. I'd love Gigi Jackson at 28. I would love Bryce Sensabaugh at 28. So it's kind Where of hard to Where are you on Max Lewis up. right now? So I'm low on Max. I think we – it was either me and you or somebody. Like, I was, like, top 10 on max like to start the year because he came out scorching like mm-hmm. yeah. his length like he was showing all stuff that people were like oh my gosh, that Gigi was showing like at his size and then he really fell off and i was like the other thing point guard i forget what his name was he was on he was on kind of the nba radar to the beginning of the year maybe to be a second round pick and i was like oh this is going to be a really fun team to watch in the west coast conference i wonder if i should go down and like buy some tickets to the byu game and watch him play pepperdine yeah, and like, and I'd like I'd save some games that I'd recorded some games to watch, and <clears throat> I just believe how crappy their team was. Like, they have a guy that's supposedly going to be a lottery top ten pick, another guy that's a second round, and they just they suck. They don't play winning basketball, and so it's true that that really way um, with Max. I was thinking like, if he's really this good, and there's this much hype, and has this much potential, like he's in a crappy league. He needs to be like showing that he's a winning player like pods was at santa clara and, and and stuff like that but i never saw from max so i cooled on him a lot like i was back i dropped him probably down like 10 to 11 clear to like 28 29 like i know there are some people that like they kind of threw the second half of the season away and they they really clung on to the the, the flashes that he showed they love him they think he's kind of a mid-lottery guy but that really rubbed me the wrong way i was i was kind of disappointed in his performance there you're one hundred percent spot on 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 all that. Um, what kind of kept him high for me? You can see that I have him uh, second on my top remaining. I got him at fourteen. What when I looked at uh, his his numbers, process and results against the best teams: UCLA, Gonzaga, Nevada. They were they were just as good, and so that kind of made me feel better about the second half of the year, uh, because when the competition was best, he was still really good. So, you know, I'd be pretty happy with him. But like you said, at twenty eight, I think that's good value. Yeah, yeah. but like yeah. you said, given where we are, frankly, as uh, as as Utah Jazz fandom, what is the what is the least 
least satisfying pick here um, to Jazz kind of accentuate Ryan things. Ruper. If they take oh, Ryan Rupert at 28, gosh. I'm done. Like, it's over for me. I'm picking a new team out. Oh, my gosh, yeah. That that would be disappointing. That would absolutely be disappointing. I've got and him, I, I feel like mid-30s. Yeah, I don't have him in the first round like a lot of I got Yeah, I got him 36. I feel I like at this point it's... 36. I was taking him, then they take Bryce Sensabaugh. That's where I'm at with the Jazz right now. So <laughs> Probably, yeah. Now, uh, now, Bryce. Given what the Jazz actually have on the team now, um, given those five that Jake Fisher listed in his tweet, how do you like the Sensabaugh fit with the Jazz? If you're just thinking about fit, not necessarily best player available. Oh, I love it now. I mean, the fact that they didn't get um, Cam, not going to take like a flyer on Gigi, and especially if they move away from Jordan Clarkson, I love the fit. For Bryce, like it takes a ton of pressure off because 28, they didn't pick him at 16, and I think he's got he's somebody that can absolutely come in and give you a bucket. Yes. Um, probably not a perfect fit with Keontae because I think you're you're kind of hoping that that's what Keontae kind of turns into, and I don't yeah. know if you want to have two ball stoppers on your team, right? Especially with Sexton, I think Sexton came a, a long way in terms of being more of a playmaker and distributing yeah. the ball a little bit more as a point guard. But so in that sense, it's not a great fit. It's not really a Danny Ainge pick because he's not a two way guy where to Danny's point, he's stuck to that with Keontae George and Taylor Hendricks. Cause I feel like they both are two way guys and they both have potential on the offensive end where Bryce, yeah. come on, sis, don't touch that, please. Bryce doesn't, um, but just for, like, the Donovan Mitchell microwave scoring, Jordan Clarkson microwave scoring, like, hope there, like, I like, I like that. Yeah, if we go Bryce Sensabaugh, my goodness, we need to make some trades. We cannot bring Jordan Clarkson back. That has to be a sign-and-trade. <laughs> I mean, yeah. good grief. Uh, or so, trade Colin Sexton, like, like I was saying earlier. But, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So we kind of brushed over it a little bit, but Brooklyn <laughs> went Noah Clowney out of Alabama, 21. I think that one's pretty really interesting. Like. I think that one's pretty interesting because Nick Claxton uh, is an awesome center for them. I think Noah Clowney could moonlight in some backup center minutes, but I think and he his, can play the four too. I think yes, so I like that pick there. Yeah, and next to Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, and Nick Claxton, and Dorian Finney-Smith, like. Holy crap. They are long and athletic. Man, that's that's incredible. And, and yeah, almost everybody could shoot there. That's pretty interesting. Uh, where do you think they go here now at 22? Maybe you already know. I don't know. Did they announce? No, I haven't. Sorry, I was kind of getting some Jazz fans' reactions to <laughs> that's okay. what's been going on. But... Is it a dumpster fire? Is this as bad as the uh, passing of Desmond Bain, I mean, or is it worse? I don't know. I mean, everybody's kind of moved on, and I haven't yeah. moved on. Like, everyone's <laughs> like – I mean, everyone's kind of flocking to Tony's tweets. Like, the Jazz have done a great job. They're, people are just drooling over their draft. They've filled holes, and they're they're just killing it. And I'm just like, <laughs> they freaking passed on Cam Whitmore twice. Um, they're not killing it. But um, who, who does um, – I, we kind of talked about 22. Nick Smith Jr. Oh, here. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that earlier. I don't think that would be a bad fit. I'm trying to think who you and, and me and Mark kind of have on our boards here. Maxwell Lewis, I think the nice thing about Maxwell Lewis is with kind mold. of his 
he kind of fits everywhere, right? Like yeah. everybody wants the Maxwell Lewis size type guys with his tools. You hope that he can pan out. And so Max is just, he's probably going to be an easy fit. Just like Dariq. I feel like Dariq pretty much fits well on anybody's team because everybody's looking for, for players like that. Um, Leonard Miller might be the best available player here. Yeah. And so yeah. that might be a really good pick for them. Um, I don't know where they go here. If I was thinking purely based on fit, I'd probably go Colby Jones. I think they need some help at the guard line. I think Colby could play either guard spot, play off ball, play on ball. Love his defense, love his passing, good size, good IQ. I think that one might be good. I I yeah. will fall out of my seat if he goes past Boston. I think that Colby. is the most Boston. Yeah, I think Colby is the most Boston Brad Stevens pick of all time. I think he's perfectly in that Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White mold. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so, yeah, th- thinking about the Jazz draft here, in a vacuum, I'm content with with Hendricks and George. Hendricks is my least favorite of that the third tier. tier. Yeah, yep. my least favorite. Yep, um, they didn't get Anthony Black. They didn't get Jairus Walker. They didn't get yep, Didn't Whitmore. trade up for a sore. Yeah. George, I'm perfectly content with at 16. Again, it's just missing out on Cam for bizarre reasons is is tough. Oh, there goes Dariq. Oh, man, Dariq, darn. That's a, that's a great, great fit for him. I took Dariq repre- representing Brooklyn. Um, representing Brooklyn in our mock draft, I took Dariq Whitehead uh, for Brooklyn. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's a home run for them. Gives them some more... Because they don't, they can't be bad. They don't own their picks, and so he gives you some ceiling to go along with the pieces they already have. But then, even if he doesn't hit it, elite shooting immediately around you know all the great wings they already have. Um, I wonder what they do at the guard position, man. Uh, they really could have used a mentally stable Kyrie Irving. Good grief! <laughs> like, right. This team, you put <laughs> Kyrie Irving. A mentally stable version of him, good grief, look out. Oh, yeah, they would be super fun. I absolutely – this is probably one of my favorite picks, Adam, honestly. I love this pick for Brooklyn. Um, But to your point, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe they go out and throw money at Fred Van Vliet in free agency. Yeah, that's Um, a good one. That's a good one. I don't know what they do there I think they're a little strapped for cash right now. Um, yeah, they might not be able to. I don't know what – I'd have to look closer. I don't know what their situation is there. Kate, if you're still there – Talk to us about Brooklyn's cap sheet potentially going after Fred Van Vliet in the offseason. What's it going to take? What are the hurdles? If you're still there, McCade, drop in with your sports business classroom CBA cap knowledge. So now Portland is on the board at 23. Uh, this is an interesting one for them. This yeah, one, this one man, they should go after Leonard Miller here. That's what I was just going to say. I wonder if he's he's probably the best player available here. The one thing about Leonard Miller, I think, is he's not he's not as good of a defensive player as I would think for his position and his size. And so that's probably not super appealing for Portland because I feel like they need a little bit more of that. Um, they need some more big um, mm. defense. But he's really good. He made some huge strides, some huge imp- – and I mean – 
finisher. He's a pretty good passer for his size. Um, I don't think he's a terrible defender. Um, but, yeah, he was the first guy that came to my mind as well for Portland. Maybe. Maybe they go James Nagy here. Yep, that might would be, be a little bit early. Pick. Might be a little bit early, but Scoot and James Nagy, that could be pretty dynamite. Yeah, that's not a bad haul. Um, I mean, you probably have him backing up Nurkic immediately, but, you know, like after a year, year and a half, you know, Nurkic is a nice salary dump candidate, or you just keep him throughout the whole time if you're still bad, but. I don't know. That might be that might be something there. Yeah, I think that that's you got the right idea there, fit wise. I'm, I'm trying to look at some. I mean, Maxwell Lewis would be a fine pick. Mm, yeah. Probably don't like Bryce or Nick Smith Jr. Um, necessarily there, um, unless they do decide they're going to move away from Dame. And I think those guys with um, with Skew and with Shaden Sharp. Yeah. What what is Shaden in your opinion? Is he th- I think he's. I think he's. I think he's a two. I think. Okay. So yeah, um, maybe not great there then. If you think that Shaden's a two, maybe you don't want to go with Nick Smith or you don't want to go with Bryce because that's kind of where they slot, in my opinion, as well next to next to Scoop. But maybe um, to your point, Maxwell Lewis is the guy. Like maybe right now, if Dame's agent is telling you things and. You know, you're this happy with Scoot and stuff. Maybe you do go Max Lewis and say, you know what? Um, We're going to re-sign um, Jeremy Grant because, you know, we don't want to lose that asset for nothing. But when Dame's gone, plenty of people are going to line up for Jeremy Grant too. I don't know. Well, well here's one guy. I think, I think a really good fit right here might be Gigi. Honestly, it's like, oh, can you think? My. Like, can you imagine if they transition from Scoot, from um, Dame to Scoot and Gigi, and Gigi turns into what everybody's kind of <laughs> like? That would be a really great start to a rebuild for Scoot, Shaden, Gigi. What, what a one, two, three! Holy cow, that would. So be... they go with Chris Murray, which mm. probably makes the most sense because he's probably the most ready. Um, to contribute type of yeah. player now. So that that almost would make me lean towards them not trading Dame. But yeah, they probably saw the hey, what time. Keegan did last year and are like, you know what? If we get that or even 80% of that, like that's helpful for a Dame team um, backing up Jeremy Grant and stuff. So it's yeah, interesting. Portland's Some people suggested that maybe. Spot. Some suggest that maybe Portland should have done the Chris Stapps deal that Boston eventually did. Um, giving up this 23 pick to Washington, you know, putting uh, putting Nurkic or Anthony Simons in the deal and, and trying to get Chris Stapps back. Um, that was an intriguing idea. But I think really the only rumor that kind of comes close, well, I guess the only two, that would have put Portland in a position was the Zion Williamson or the Paul George. Like those were Absolutely. the only two rumors yeah. I think that had enough traction. And it still can go down, right? I mean, Oh yeah. 
Oh, we yeah. saw Walker Kessler got traded how what two three weeks after he got selected by Minnesota with that yeah. whole deal, and so maybe yep maybe this is maybe Scoot's not even that's the thing he's not even in their long term um, plans at all like he's on his way out so we're I just feel like Portland is such a in such a weird spot like there's gonna be yeah. deals they're gonna have to pick yeah. one or the other right they're not gonna keep both Dame and Scoot one's gonna be on their way out and we yeah. gotta see who it's gonna be. Yeah, fascinating. So, yeah, I think uh, a lot of people mocked Chris to the Sacramento Kings, honestly, which was, was fun. It would have been cool to have another set of twins right. on the same team and stuff like that. That would have been sweet. But um, So this is the place where I probably think Bryce fits the best is in ooh, Sacramento. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like him being able to get spoon-fed a little bit from Fox and from Sabonis and can give them some – I mean, I think Malik Monk gave them that a little bit this year, some kind of microwave scoring a little bit, but I really like the fit for here in Sacramento. Well, also, also, you know, he showed that – I'm I'm talking about Malik. Malik showed that he could be, like, playing backup one minutes for Sacramento last year, and that opens up quite a bit – for Sensabaugh to be backing up, especially, you know, they weren't as pleased with Kevin Herter's performance in the playoffs. That kind of gives you another look off the bench. Like if Kevin Herter's not hitting shots or something, you know, you bring in, uh, you bring in Bryce who can just do a little bit more on his own. And it just feels like that's pretty natural with the kind of run and gun movement, you know, big time threes, um, you know, ISO scoring that uh, Sacramento really was pretty prolific at last year. And I mean, listening to you talk, maybe that makes Bryce a really bad fit too. Maybe Bryce comes in very, very similar to Herder, in the sense that that's really all he provides for you is scoring and shooting. But he's not—he's not really going to give you the stuff on the defensive end that you need in the playoffs to stay on the floor. So maybe in that regard, he, you don't want it because there's some redundancy there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's intriguing. Um, I like the different look that Bryce could give you as opposed to Kevin Herter. It's not Herter. just catch and shoot, whipping around screens like, you know, Bryce gets you know switched on some of these um, one point guards around the league. I mean, post him up. You know? Yeah, I, and he can I, just I, eat in the mid range and in the post. Yeah, yeah, but uh, maybe City Sissoko here. Maybe let's see. This this is a good pick. This is a good one. Oh yeah, that I love that. This pick is there. a great pick. I, yeah, Omax. Yeah. He 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 made a rise here, and um, it was real. Good for him. Yeah, the, and, and this feels like such a good pairing too, because oh, as you were talking about, fit. you you want as you were talking about the swerve that that team probably needed was high motor guy, high activity. You know, super switchable defender um, and who has some ability to shoot that, hey, if you're confident in your staff, you know, maybe you get him up to 34, 35% on three attempts a game. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, he's going to give you exactly what you didn't get out of Herder, right? Like, yeah. he gives you That's more length. Yep. He's going to give you a little bit more, hopefully, defense on that end. And then, yeah, like you said, hopefully he's not 
just a complete black hole on the offensive end. He can space in the corner and he can still knock down a three for you. And so, yep, this is a great pick for the Kings. Yeah, I wonder if they would. I wonder if they would consider um, some like backup minutes that featured Herder, Keegan, and uh, Prosper Omax. I mean, you're kind of small, but they were well, kind of natural to go small a little bit, anyways, and just be in transition to death. Um, so I don't know. That's that could be kind of an interesting lineup. Super small, right? Like Herder's what six seven, and Omax is yeah. six eight, and then Murray's probably what six 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 seven two. And so, I mean, yeah, it doesn't give you like that eight length, but you know, I mean, you got pretty good length and. Um, at the wing position there, so I like that idea there. Yeah, and that's yeah, that kind of the the, interesting. the direct trending. Like that's kind of a Boston Celtics Celtics ish vibe with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, kind of those wings. And so you yeah. can never have too many wings. Yeah, this pick and what they could potentially do in some like free agency and stuff. I think the Kings. The Kings could legitimately do exactly what they did last year, this year again. Like, it wouldn't be a surprise. They wouldn't be catching anybody by surprise. You know, teams like the Lakers probably don't start the season near as bad as they did again. Um, and in uh, Memphis, they, they probably find some stability. And same with New Orleans, some stability. But I think they could legitimately, again, be – be a top four team in the West. I think I'm not sure if they're that high, but I agree. I don't see any reason why they should take a step back. I mean, they'd probably have to make a pretty significant move to take a step forward. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're first round, second round playoff team. I would see them kind of in that four to seven ish range. I think that's exactly where they should finish. Anywhere below that would be a disappointment for them. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, this is a yeah, this is a good pick. Really interesting. So now, uh, so now this is interesting. So Memphis is on the clock, but they're really drafting on behalf of Boston. So oh, really? Yeah. So they did that uh, trade in which Chris Stapps and number That's twenty-five right. went to Boston. Smart went to Memphis. Tyus Jones um, and you know some Boston guys went to. Uh, Washington. And so Washington moves down to can't remember where exactly. They moved down to 35 and then mm-hmm. uh, Boston moved up to 25. So here this this one I I think it's Colby Jones. Yeah, uh, that's right. Personally. You were saying that earlier. That's your guy there. Let me see if I can throw Yeah, you throw, throw out a guess uh, out there. Hmm. Who do I think Boston's looking for at this point? They're probably, to your point, they're probably not looking to swing on somebody like a GG at this point. They are right there. I mean, championship-level team. What would they be looking for? Who do I have? I mean, Leonard Miller. Did Leonard Miller get picked? No. No, he hasn't been picked yet. That's my guess. I'll say Leonard Miller. So just saw something come in from Shams and, and Woj. Boston is drafting Marcus Sasser at 25, trading Ooh. to Detroit for 31. So Detroit is getting Marcus Sasser here at 25, and uh, Boston is going to 31. 
That's kind of bizarre. So, say that one more Sorry time. Sorry to spoil Adam. the pick. Sorry to spoil no, the pick, no, but I didn't know to I've been, how I've long been they would get to it in the broadcast. Yeah, say that um, one more time. So, the Celtics are selecting Sasser, but they're trading him to somebody? To Detroit. And or what? They are getting the 31 pick, and there's got to be some other value yeah, there they that Boston's getting. That pick that makes no sense. So, but sorry, the point I was going to make is I absolutely love, um, probably one of the most sound point guards that was not talked about in this draft. Um, yeah. Granted, there were some freaks in this draft with the men, with AB, with Scoot, obviously, but. Marcus Sasser was one of the most efficient scorers in college uh-huh. last year. Very sound defensively. Um, that was a guy that I was hoping the Jazz would kind of look at at 28. Um, kind of a weird fit in Detroit, but I, I do like Sasser a ton. Yeah, I have him at 32 on my board. So this 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 is smack in the middle of the, the tier, uh, my tier five, that uh, I technically have starting at 26, but um, – so that makes sense. The fit, I agree. It's bizarre. And I'm struggling. I'm struggling because was Marcus Sasser really likely to be there, not be there at 31? Was he, I know. That's, were they that's getting just strange, tons of intel that he was not going to be there? Maybe. But you're right. It, I mean, from the standpoint that we're at, it doesn't make any sense why Boston would do that deal. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, the the fit is a little interesting. They've got Cade Cunningham, who I think can kind of mold with anyone. Jaden Ivey, I think, is harder to mold around. You know, you just don't put anybody around him. They got a sore, um, who who I think can scale with those guys just fine. But then you add Marcus Sasser, and I'm like, okay, just seems to be a lot of cooks who want the who want the ball. Oh. Yeah. Yep, kind of interesting fit there. All right, Memphis is going to take here. So yeah, this is oh, Boston right. selecting on behalf okay. of Memphis. Yeah, this and is good wild. <laughs> Which was technically for Detroit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Detroit is taking this Marcus, and he he didn't get a green room invite, did he? No, Sasser didn't. <laughs> How wild is this? Marcus Marcus freaking Sasser was picked five picks after Cam Whitmore. Wild stuff. So now Indiana is on the clock here. Um, Indiana, like let's let's run through this for a second. Okay, they've got Tyrese Halliburton, excellent. They've got Buddy Heald. Uh, they've got Ben Matherin, last year's rookie. So that is a three-guard trio that's really excellent. Now moving on to the forward position, they just drafted Jairus Walker. They've got Miles Turner. Like, they're they're really set up pretty nicely, I think, to kind of go anywhere they want. But I think a forward is, is the best, or a wing is kind of the best for them. Uh, I don't think they want a center, so like James Nagy's out for me. Honestly, Maxwell Lewis is probably who I go with here. I think they want a little bit of everything. In fact, this is the guy, Maxwell Lewis, is the guy I, on behalf of Indiana, selected in one of our Twitter mock drafts. 
And I think it's because he gives you a little bit of everything. Gives you a little bit of defense. Gives you a little bit of scoring. Gives you a little bit of self-creation. Has some disruption capabilities. Can be on or off ball. I think that scales really nicely with Jairus Walker, Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, Ben Matherin, Tyrese Halliburton. I really like that. So I'd probably bet Maxwell Lewis being the pick for for uh, Indiana Pacers. At least that's who I think it should be. So it looks like... Woj is saying that Boston is getting 31 in exchange for 25, whom Detroit selected, with whom Detroit selected Marcus Sasser. So they get 31 and future seconds. So not sure how many future seconds that is. We saw in that Chris Paul deal that, uh, or excuse me, not the, yeah, no, it was the Chris Paul deal, I believe, that uh, Washington got. Tons and tons of second-round picks. So um, not sure how many. It just says future. So we'll kind of see on, on that point, on that piece. But, uh, yeah, this is this is surprising because I wouldn't have pegged Marcus Sasser to be uh, likely gone before 31. I also think this means that Boston probably, probably – well, may may not be available to select Colby Jones. Colby Jones might be gone by this point. And if he's gone by that point, I think they probably go with Andre Jackson Jr. there at number 31 Boston Celtics. So now thinking about it here for Indiana, yep, yep Maxwell Lewis is who I would go with. Um, and then we've got Charlotte coming up. Um... Then it's the Jazz. So, okay, we just got two picks left. Hopefully, uh, Maxwell Lewis, Gigi Jackson, or Leonard Miller are available. Uh, that's that's who am I, I would think. And this Nick Smith Jr. still sliding. Again, if it's not Charlotte at 27, which they got some guards already. LaMelo Ball, they've got um, that... That kid they drafted in the lottery a couple of years ago, uh, he's another guard. Um, I'll find out his name. They also have, I mean, they just, uh, they also have Terry Rozier. So they already got a few guards. So I'm not sure where they go from here. If they really actually do go with Nick Smith Jr., but... Um, Oh, the player I'm thinking of is James Booknight. So they got James Booknight. Dennis Smith Jr., I forgot about him. He actually showed out really well last year in in periods. So do they go Nick Smith Jr. here? I don't know. Like, I think Leonard Miller would be a good fit for Charlotte there at 27. But, yeah, Nick Smith continuing to slide here. Really, really interesting. Um. Yeah, so other players that we kind of have on our board here, City Sissoko, um, he had kind of been ranked right around here all the way through the late 30s, so I'm curious to see kind of where he goes. Um, So the Jazz, thinking a little bit about this fit, Taylor Hendricks and Keontae George. The more I'm thinking about it, Keontae George, we got to free up some guard minutes. Um, I think right now the guys confirmed as more minutes than Keontae are Colin Sexton, Jordan Clarkson. Like, that's for sure. Um, and then 
yeah, likely Oshai Abaji as well. So just a quick interjection here. It looks like Indiana is going with Ben Shepard of Belmont. Uh, that's a that's an interesting pick. Really, really prolific shooter. Got some handle, got some wiggle. Um, he's a pretty interesting option there too. Gives it a little different look than Ben Matherin. Um, kind of feels a little bit in the same way as Buddy Heald in a sense. Um, different different body type. Let's see what what Ben Shepard was kind of measuring at. Ben Shepard. He measured at 6'5", 6'8", wingspan. Actually, that's pretty that's pretty similar to um, to Buddy Heald, I think. So that's an interesting that's an interesting look. I don't think it's bad to surround more shooting to you know a, a squad that you just had Jairus Walker to, and you have Tyrese Halliburton orchestrating. So that's a pretty pretty good option there. Um, as well i'm not sure can ben matherin kind of occupy some three minutes can ben shepherd maybe so maybe that is does kind of become pretty natural for them so now uh back to the jazz quick so like i mentioned um like i mentioned the jazz kind of they got just such a crowded guard line right now and i like i said i think the players who clearly um, I think that are clearly going to get more minutes than, um, than Keontae George. It's going to be Sexton. It's going to be Clarkson. I have to say it's going to be Abaji too. So now you got three guys who are getting more minutes than him. So now you're in the, the field of Chris Dunn and Taylor Horton Tucker so that's a lot of guard minutes that you have to distribute. And I don't feel very comfortable about Keontae kind of deploying at the three. So that's going to be interesting. And so I, I definitely don't think the Jazz go Nick Smith Jr. at 28. Like, you might be tantalized with the with the potential there. But exactly how much could you tap into the potential and... And and really kind of explore what that would look like if you don't have any, if you don't have any of the um, minutes for him. Now the Jazz could not bring back, you know, Jordan Clarkson, who I bet is going to opt out. You know, it's possible that they could avoid, um, they could avoid Taylor Horton Tucker in minutes because, like earlier in the season, they did that. You know, he had some inactive games. Uh, it looks like uh, Charlotte is making their pick at 27. Let's see who it is. Okay, Nick Smith Jr. went to Charlotte. So he finally stopped sliding at 27. Uh, this was the this was the one team we thought might, might end up uh, going with Nick Smith. Um, though, again, I'm not sure how many minutes he kind of naturally gets there. But Nick Smith Jr. at 27 to Charlotte. It could be great. I don't like him very much off ball. And, you know, he, he's he got the potential, though. He's got the pedigree as a, you know, guy who was highly recruited out of high school. You know, a really sought-after talent that Arkansas, you know, went after. So... It's going to be interesting. I think that that's another kind of... Uh, you know, value play for them that that could be intriguing. Hopefully, they carve out the minutes for him to really see what he could do. And um, 
And like I said earlier, hopefully it means LaMelo Ball is available long-term. Um, yeah, he was the number three overall recruit in the ESPN top 100 recruits for the 2022 college basketball season. Really, really interesting. Um, so some people were asking, how come we drafted a Clarkson clone, Tony? Uh, it's interesting. Tony says, I don't think he's a Clarkson clone. The Jazz drafted him to be a point guard. So a lot of what um, Josh was saying earlier, that the Jazz see him as potentially being a point guard long term, which if he can really do that, uh, you're talking a 6'4 point guard without shoes, you know, that type of thing, 185 pounds, 19 and a half years old with that type of shooting ability, you know, that could that could be really awesome. But again, if you're trying to groom him to be a point guard, sorry, we can't have all these guards in here. You know, we gotta, we've got to move on, honestly. So Jazz are on the clock now. And here we got to go Gigi Jackson, okay? The thing we need the most to become the best possible team is self-creation. We just don't have it. Outside of Jordan Clarkson, we don't have it. Now, Colin Sexton, you know, flashed some potential um, in his uh, season. Um, in his season that he had uh, last season with Cleveland before the injury, so he really showed a ton there. But um, but yeah, I think I think they gotta gotta do something to kind of free up some minutes um, to really to really groom Keontae. Otherwise, it's just not gonna happen. I mean, you saw. The Jazz really weren't able to groom Abaji until the late end of the year, so I know they love Jordan Clarkson, but I think I think this spells doom for him long term with the Jazz. Doesn't mean we don't re-sign him, but in my opinion, it probably means that you're signing and trading him, or you're signing him and then trying to trade him come like the trade deadline or something, something like that. Now, Nick Smith Jr. getting interviewed, uh, very emotional. And I, I respect this guy because he had some injuries during Arkansas. He started sliding down draft boards. People told him, hey, you should you should shut it down. You should you know, not, not be playing anymore to not hurt your draft stock. But he wanted to play for Arkansas. He wanted to help the team in the national championship. So I really respect that uh, that he kind of – really kind of dug in, showed what he was made of, what his kind of personality is like. And even though it obviously hurt him on draft night, sliding all the way to 27. So happy for Nick Smith. Jazz at 28, who did they go with? Yeah, like I said, you got to go with Gigi in my opinion. Okay, like you passed up on Whitmore all those times. Now at 28, it's a perfect value play. You get exactly what you were missing in self-creation, it, it's a great option. Let's see what they do. Oh, man. So the Jazz go with Bryce Sensabaugh of Ohio State. This is Josh's guy, and and they got him at 28. This is very, very intriguing. I wonder if they feel his best position is a two or a three here. Um, very, 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 very curious. He does solve some of that self-creation issue that, that I'm preaching about. I don't think he quite has the ceiling 
to be, you know, that, that all-star, all-NBA player with that self-creation. But uh, it's very possible that he's a better version of, like, Jordan Clarkson, in my opinion. Microwave score can ha- potentially have some better, you know, defensive potential given his size. And, uh, and he was just so, so efficient with such difficult shots in college. So that that's an interesting pick. Really going to be curious to see who uh, who what the kind of reporters, what the Jazz beat writers end up saying about Bryce Sensabaugh. So now we got two more picks in the first round. I'm only going to be covering the first round on this uh, NBA uh, draft live stream. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed it and uh, enjoyed being with me here. So we are going to uh, cover these last two picks. What's up, McCade? Welcome. I just wanted to jump in real fast and tell you that it is the Ohio State University. The Ohio. Thank you. Thank you. Yep, you are absolutely right. Big omission. All right, pontificate for a little bit here, McKay. What's on your mind? Um, I think it's a really solid draft for the Jazz overall. Um, Obviously, we can sit here and talk about Cam Whitmore for the next 10 years and see what happens (laughs) there. But there's nothing to really complain about with this draft. I think it is a rock, rock solid draft. I think it's probably the sixth best draft in the league um, that we've seen tonight. There's just not a lot to complain about. Um, not quite the upside plays we would probably hope for for a team in our position, but it's about the only complaint you come up with. Yeah, ultimately, as I mentioned to Josh, the odds of you drafting like the guy who was going to be that all-star, all-NBA number one option is already low. And although the Jazz have a couple picks in in this draft, where they were positioned and and given how the talent was allocated, you were at a slim chance to draft them anyway. Now Cam Whitmore sliding made made it a lot more likely that uh, that the Jazz could be in play there. But ultimately, given how many picks the Jazz have and how their cap is cap sheet is kind of set up, they're much more positioned to land that number one option via trade anyways. And so if the Jazz really end up hitting with these players, you know, showing more potential than maybe they were evaluated, demonstrate real uh, real ability to be rotation players immediately, it's possible that the Jazz have just uh, even opened the door even more for that type of a star trade. For sure. I think that's one thing I've loved about tonight's draft for the Jazz as well is they just didn't do anything stupid. Um, it's so easy to get in the moment of drafting. I'm sure all of us play some sort of fantasy sports. And it's fun to make trades and all that fun stuff. But the Jazz just stayed pat. They took the guy at um, 9. They took a guy at 16. They took a guy at 28. And while it's not the most exciting thing in the world, it's not going to hurt their ability to trade for a future star. Yeah. It's so give me your really thoughts about... To trade up. So the fact yeah. that they didn't panic and make a trade up for somebody at 23 instead of 28... Um, it's a nice thing to see. Yeah, clearly the price was pretty uh, pretty high. Um, give me give me your thought about the guard rotation right now. Um, I've talked about it quite a bit on the live stream. We just saw the Bryce Sensabaugh selection. He's you know I think a, a two or three depending on how you kind of deploy the rotation around him. But uh, getting Keontae George, we liked done enough to give him a, a non guaranteed contract for this upcoming season. THT is probably opting in. Jordan Clarkson, apparently they're head over heels for him and want him back no matter what. So give me your thoughts, man. 
Yeah, I don't know the path for Clarkson to come back at this point. Um, you got two guards tonight that you're hoping to get some minutes for. They could bring back Clarkson and look to trade him in the next one, two years, but um, it definitely does get a little tight there, and I'd rather see guys get minutes. Um, we saw based on their draft tonight, looks like they're going to keep marketing at the three for the foreseeable yeah. future, which yeah. cuts out some minutes for Oshai unless you want to put him at the two. And so, yeah, it, when you're going big with Hendricks and Kessler and marketing and Olenek, it slides down to the guard line pretty darn quick. Um, it's only 240 minutes, and the Jazz are going to have to figure out really hard how to spend that 240 minutes of equity they have every game. Yeah, yeah, totally. So it looks like uh, the Pacers selected on the behalf of Denver, Julian Strother out of Gonzaga. Uh, that's a that's a very natural pairing, I think. Uh, Julian Strother, um, I think he's going to fit in really nicely with Denver. Can shoot, can pass, can dribble. Um, I think that that just scales really nicely around the core that they already have. Uh, any Strother comments, or or do you want to get into some cap minutia? It is up to you. I'm not a huge draft guy. I don't know these prospects nearly as well as you and Josh did a wonderful job tonight. Awesome. Well, that's why I kind of uh, have queued up a, a, a cap question. So we talked a little bit about Brooklyn. Uh, so they ended up going Dariq Whitehead, Noah Clowney, um, their forward, wing, and center positions are, are just looking really, really nice for that team. And I mentioned how if you had if you had Kyrie Irving on that team, for example, my gosh, they would be potent. But uh, Josh suggests maybe they try to go after Fred Van Vliet in free agency, but I know that they are pretty strapped as far as the cap sheet. Give me, give me your thoughts about their cap sheet, where they might go from here in free agency, rounding out that guard line, and what the uh, obstacles might be for getting Fred. I think they'll be pretty active in the signing trade market. They're not too worried about that hard cap at that first apron. Um, yeah. I don't think they're going to go sign and trade for James Harden. I don't think Harden wants to go to Brooklyn. I don't think the Nets want him back. But definitely a guy <laughs> like Fred Van Vliet um, or Kyrie, right? So we're going to move down to the Fred yeah. Van Vliet tier. And I think it's very possible that a good sign and trade works out there, especially if the Nets are willing to give up maybe a first-round pick or something to make it happen. Um because they have a lot of middling salary. Like, Ben Simmons isn't great, but they really are looking to figure something out. Um, they could trade away Royce O'Neal, or he's not 100% guaranteed on that contract the Jazz signed him to. Um, Joe Harris is a great example of a player like a Duncan Robinson who has not a great contract, but people can find a use for it, and it, it's maneuverable, right? It's something yeah. we're going to lose, I think, as time goes on to the next CBA. But those 15 to $22 million contracts, the Joe Harris's, the Colin Sexton's, that even if they're not perfect, they make great money-matching salaries. So I would for sure expect the Nets to be pretty um, uh, with the sign-in trade market specifically. It's a fun, unintended consequence of all the superstar trades we've seen. Yeah. So many teams just don't have their own first-round pick. So they have no reason to tank. So right. if you look at a team like the Nets or the team like the Rockets who – and eh, we'd rather go 36 and 46 because we don't have our first round pick anyway. So might as well try and win 30 games um, and make the plane as the 10th seed or whatever. Like you're going to see that from Houston this year and same with Brooklyn. Is Brooklyn has picks now from Philly and Phoenix, but they don't have their own. Those are in Houston. So they yeah, will that's, look to that's be interesting. mediocre. I'm curious your thoughts now kind of around Taylor Hendricks. I kind of think that this spells long-term doom for Kelly Olynyk's future with the Jazz. Like, I, I don't think that he'll be on the team, say, in three years. They're, they're absolutely going to pick up his contract this year, uh, I believe. 
I think Danny Ainge likes him a ton. I think Will Hardy likes him a ton. But uh, what are your thoughts um, about, you know, maybe the cap in, in relation to, you know, Kelly Olynyk and his future, but then also about Taylor Hendricks kind of being the heir apparent to that to that spot. He could play with Markin and Kessler. Um, I think he can moonlight a little bit at the five in some, you know, maybe ten backup center minutes or something, uh, especially against particular matchups. So one fun little quirk I'll throw out about the uh, CBA this yeah. time around is you can now use your mid-level by trading for a player. Um, oh, which yeah. Is super kind of quirky. I don't think you'll get used a ton. But Kelly Olenek is one of those guys that fits right under that number. Mm, um, yeah. So if the mid-level exception market dries up pretty darn quick, there's not enough players, I would not be surprised to see a team call an offer the Jazz a decent trade where you wouldn't even have to match salary because that team could just absorb them into their mid-level. So we'll throw out that Kenny Linick fits perfectly into that um, range with the new fun little twist of the CBA. I do think they keep him and probably try and trade him at the trade deadline. I think he's a great player to have around. As I said, why the Jazz have a weird way to fill 240 minutes. I think Olenek and his smart play is a great person to have on the court with young players. Um, so I would not be surprised to see him kind of take the Mike Conley role this year that we had last yeah. year, where he's just a smart player on the court, helps get the rookies in the right place, and at the end of the day, he, he has no reason to be on the Jazz past the trade deadline. So I do. Yeah, I love that little though. tidbit. That, that's awesome. That's gonna be that's gonna be a fun one to see who who uses it first, uh, kind of how the league perceives you know the the value and kind of how the those deals end up looking historically. That'll be fun. Um, I do want to point out one more thing with the new CBA because it's super fun and quirky and that's what I do. Yeah, there's a Um, lot of interesting wrinkles with the new CBA. Yeah, so one big thing is there's a new second-round pick exception, which doesn't matter for the Jazz this year. Knock on wood, we'll see if they trade in the second round here in the next hour and 10 minutes or so. But you can now – you still only be able to sign second-round picks to a two-year contract worth the minimum, basically, just like you could any minimum player in the NBA. And now – um, they have an exception for that, just like they do first-rounders, where you can sign a second-round pick to a full four-year contract, regardless of where you're at along the cap line, no questions asked, you can sign your second-round pick. So I think that's been super interesting, not seeing many teams trade up out of the early second into the first like you've seen in years past, um, which probably hindered the Jazz market a little bit. Yeah, um, We heard kind of in April that they might be looking to trade back from 28, pick up a couple seconds like they did with the Aldama Butler trade two years ago, but the market for the 20th pick has really gone down with that second round exception. You get four years regardless if you're pick 30 or pick 31. Yeah. Now there's, there's just so much value in, in having, uh, you know, the second round picks, uh, the CBA really favors those now. Um, so, you know, a team like Washington who just stacked and stacked and stacked second round picks, um, you know, we're going to be seeing some expanded drafts in the upcoming years. So that's going to be a really, really fun one to kind of monitor. Well, it looks like Kobe Brown went off the board to the Los Angeles Clippers. And just looking at some of the top remaining picks that uh, we had from our boards, Max Lewis was 14 on my board, still available. City Sissoko was 18 on Josh's board, 21 on Mark's, 23 on mine. He's still available. Leonard Miller was 15 on Mark's board, 17 on mine, 21 on Josh's. He's still available. And then Gigi Jackson, one of the big slides as well. 
still on the board. So really and true, you went through the whole first round, and there's still a lot of guys who have quite a bit of potential and that uh, some of us really liked who are still floating around. Well, McCade, I'm about ready to sign off. Can I ask um, you one more question? Yes, please do. A little CBA-related, too. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm not super confident Micah Potter, uh, Potter or Johnny Juzang are going to be back on the Jazz. They yeah. did expand two ways from two of them to three of them. Mm. Are there any long shots that aren't going to get taken in the next 30 picks you'd love to the Jazz grab for Summer League? Any way out there names? Yeah. Um, one guy I would be pretty interested in might be um, might be Jalen Clark of UCLA. He probably gets chose, selected in the second round. Um so maybe let me look down the list a little bit more. Um, one guy, Omari Moore. Omari Moore of San Jose State. He's a bit older, pushing 23. Um, but he's 6'5", 6'10", wingspan. And some of the stuff that I liked about him is he had a ton of self-creation, a lot of uh, a good handle, really good passer. And he was very, very active on the defensive end. One of the, one of the better guard prospects in this draft, who generated blocks and steals without fouling very much. So he's a pretty interesting one. Omari Moore of San Jose State. I have 38 on my board, and it's possible that he goes undrafted. Super fun. We'll keep an eye out for that because we do have three two-way spots to fill. Um, but for now, I guess we're off to summer league and. Two, three weeks here at the Delta Center. Yep. Summer League. I, I really, really lament that San Antonio isn't participating in our Summer League anymore. Darn it. <laughs> what a year for them to duck out. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, McCade. We'll thanks talk to you later. Thanks for for a few minutes, and you have a wonderful night. Yeah, you too. Well, thanks, Jazz fans, for accompanying me on this live stream. Um, it was really awesome to go through the draft with you and kind of live stream the whole thing. Uh, just to kind of wrap up, Again, the Utah Jazz selected Taylor Hendricks at 9, Keontae George at 16, and Bryce Sensa bought at 28. I'm going to sign off. You can listen to the uh, this entire live stream up on our uh, podcast platform here pretty soon. So if you want to go back and listen to various points, you can. Well, thanks so much. hope you have enjoyed these past two episodes detailing the live stream audio that we took that took place Thursday night between myself, Josh, and, and McCade Pearson, who had a, a, a little debut there at the end. Uh, it was a lot of fun to do, very, very exhausting, and kind of puts in perspective what um, everybody who is involved in this process from a league and team standpoint uh, end up going through. It was a ton of fun. Thank you so much for supporting us. If you like what we're doing, we'd appreciate you uh, following the podcast, subscribing on YouTube, um, leaving a review or a comment so we can interact with you, and following us on Twitter at Jabber underscore Jazz. Well, as is customary, we're going to leave you with some sounds of jazz. Thank you.